This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my coach, pal, the man with the plan, the one only, the one and only, John Malika. Before we ask John how he's doing, you all know the drill. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a review or comment. We're also partnered with Minute Media and Fansided, so you can find this podcast on the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press. We also got a YouTube page, Knicks coming, Jets coming, ETC, period, no one writes out, etc. That shit's wild. Find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. And when you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, add to the conversation. You're going to enjoy this one today. We're going to go, we're going to throw on our GM hats, have a little Donovan Mitchell trade discussions with a Utah Jazz insider fan, all the above. We got this. We got, the, we got, we got the goods for you today. We got the goods for you today. And while you're also over at the YouTube page, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg. Our guy and co-host Chip Murphy, these guys go through every sport possible. If you need to put money down on the line, these guys got you covered. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. John, my guy. What's going on, bro? How was your weekend? How are you feeling today? It's a good weekend. Uh, We are in the middle of a heat wave out in New York City. Uh, We got... Beach, pool, everything going well. Uh, my uh, college team lost in the playoffs, uh, so no longer uh, have my weekends occupied. <laughs> so I guess that's good and bad, right? <laughs> I got to look at the positives here. Uh, but everything is good, man. Uh, we got the Jets training camp. We have Knicks rumors that are honestly <laughs> like, if you're not sick of him listening to it right now, like if you're not sick of Donovan Mitchell rumors, I, I, you're living under a rock because we're all just done with it. We have Kevin Durant rumors today. I mean, rumors galore. We got PUP lists. We have people are out for the year. We have Kyler Murray now getting uh, homework in his, into his contract. I mean, things are interesting have, right now. In sports world. We have John versus Greg tomorrow going live for winning picks weekly. There you go. Dude, the Yankees, go. I mean, the Mets are falling. Uh, the Yankees, hopefully, Judge is going for 62. We'll get into all that tomorrow, but no complaints here, man. How are you? How, how are you doing it in Boston land where things, uh, I mean, Red Sox losing by 30. That was fun. Uh, Jalen Brown, <laughs> uh, imploding. Make it rain. Uh, <laughs> Look, man, I am loving it being in the office today, seeing all these sad Boston's fans. Oh my God, man. It is just beautiful. Being a born bred New Yorker living out here it can be tough at times, but nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than seeing some miserable Boston fans. So it's all good. And after that, I had my best friend get married this weekend for a nice small wedding. So let's go, man. 20 people, 20 people for this wedding. Shout out to listener of the pod, Steve DeGroat and his oh. new wife, Nora. Now, Nora DeGroat, Nora Kelly. Congratulations to you guys. Let's go. Let's go. But yo, John, 
bro of Donovan Mitchell Trades. We got a wonderful guest with us today, returning guest. All right. You can find this man on the mornings for the Zone Sports Net. All right. With DJ and PK in the morning. He's the husband of one, dad of two. <laughs> you can find him for the Lockdown Cougars. We got the one and only with us today, Jake Hatch. Jake, what's going on, bro? How are you doing today? Not too much, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been man, a long it's been time, a while. man. You, I, you, somehow you came back with a Yankee hat. So <laughs> hey, somehow he's converted, man. We converted this man to be. Uh, he said, "You know what? I'll still root for the Jazz, but I'll be a Yankee fan." Uh, you know what? Football, I'm rooting for the Jets because we got Zach Wilson out there. But we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you the jazz. We'll give you the jazz stuff for now. We'll give you the jazz stuff for now. <laughs> I, I, I've always had a thing. Yankees are a legendary franchise. I have to say my first love is the Seattle Mariners, but they suck. So when your best friend, when, when your best friend in the entire world's a Yankees fan, you end up with gear like this. And I'm going on a New York podcast. You know what? I'm going to pull it out. Let's go. Let's go. And I mean, if, if you don't know Jake, uh, you, you're obviously not a fan of this podcast, but also, you probably are not in tune with NBA Twitter slash Knicks Twitter because my man went viral last week. Uh, honestly, I I have to start with this, Jake. Eh. Like, what was what was that morning like for you, man? Because I mean, you're just having a nice casual conversation. Uh, PK just you know talking, you know, gets a text message, just kind of reading his text message, probably like every other normal day. And yeah. then I'm sure the next couple hours was hectic to say the least for you. So. You 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 drop the you drop the quote unquote Mitchell is close to happening or what, what you, you gave us a number percentage or almost happening and then you know nothing has happened so far so just walk us through you going viral and having to deal with not only Nick's Twitter not only Jazz Twitter but I'm sure some other NBA teams got in the mix man yeah the, the biggest thing is I, I've worked with PK for almost a decade now I'm the producer for his morning show they've been on there together for 20 years like these two uh, speaking of DJ and PK they're about as plugged in in the Utah slash jazz market as you're going to find and PK he said he got a text message saying that Donovan Mitchell there was a trade done that, that was the terminology <laughs> and he didn't give any specification of when it was going down, uh, what was going on? Like he didn't have many details, but he had a person that he said he trusted tell him it it was done. So I was like, okay, well that's interesting. So I'm gonna throw that out on Twitter. And yes, it just it caught like wildfire and just absolutely went all over the place. And Nick's fans were in my mentions saying, well, what's the timeline on this? And then you had fan bases like Miami Heat. I saw an Indiana Pacers guy was getting in the mix. Just at, it took off. It was an I'm one that I didn't think it was necessarily all that big a news because I think we're all expecting Donovan Mitchell to get traded at some point, but it just it took off and it was an it was a wild wild day. <laughs> Welcome to Eastern Conference Jake. Hell, man. Welcome to Eastern Conference Hell. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Jake. When it comes to look, we're we're Knicks fans, all right. We haven't had a superstar in the building since Carmelo Anthony. You're telling us a superstar wants to come to New York, especially when he's a hometown kid. All right. Shout out to the 914. You're telling me that he wants to come home. And then when you hear that, you want Knicks fans to be like, no, 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 no. We get the deals. We need to know now. We need to know now. When is it happening? Jake, Jake, you told us it's done. Like, I understand if people are jumping at you because you gave some sort of inkling. Uh The, The man said it was done. And you're telling me he's plugged in. I mean, yeah. you can't blame us too much here. Oh no, I, I, I don't blame, I don't blame any Knicks fan whatsoever because you're right. 
it's been a hot minute since the Knicks have really had that quote unquote superstar in MSG. So they, they obviously are going to eat up anything that's thrown out there by Donovan Mitchell. And that's, it's very interesting. I, for one, if he ends up going to New York, will wish him nothing but the best. But yeah, there, there is still a lot of, I guess, uh, speculation and rumors out there. But when PK said that, I'm like, okay, if he's going to say that on air, he said on radio, you can go, <laughs> you can find my Twitter feed. You can go listen to it yourself and done. And I'm like, okay, well, does that mean it's happening this weekend? Like, when is this happening? But yeah, as of so, as of recording of this podcast, still nothing. Well, it's happening right now, like me wanting to go get Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. So yeah. <laughs> you know what it is. Yes. So look, we're we're still waiting. That's all I can tell you. We're we're just still waiting. But look, let's 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 get into the, the meat and bones of this, right? Because we know there's a trade imminent out there. I mean, even Ian Begley for SNY reported that the deal he expects the deal to get done. It's probably gonna be a slow burn for it to be finalized. I'm sure that the Jazz and the Knicks are going back and forth between whether it's protections on picks, certain players that they want. Sure. So let's put on our GM caps today, boys. Let's put on these GM caps today because let's figure it out, man. You know, we've heard we heard the rumor. All right, Jake, we know how Danny Ainge operates. Danny Ainge wants everything. Everybody else can't any, have anything. We get that. I get that. All right. You can only do that with the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's okay. <laughs> but when it comes to the Knicks, we can't allow that. So look, look we, we already, like I said, we already know there's we the Knicks got eight picks that they could trade. You're talking about Obi, IQ, Grimes, McBride, Cam, the young guys that are, that are there. Of course, we'd have to throw in someone like Derek Rose or Evan Fournier to make the salaries work. What are you thinking, man? What, what is, what do the Jazz want from the Knicks? Because it's not realistic. It's, you're not going to get everything. We, we, all, we always know you, you throw out the unrealistic offer in a negotiation and you do, you're going to meet somewhere in the middle. So what's the middle for, for the Jazz? Yeah. Because honestly, Jake, in, in this standpoint, it's not the new ownership in Minnesota. Yeah. It's not whatever you have going on with the Brooklyn Nets. You have heavy hitters everywhere, man. You got Ainge, you got Riley, you got Leon Rose. Like nobody here is scamming anyone. And that see, that's the interesting part right there is you're dealing with some of the most savvy GM slash just curmudgeons that this league has got at their disposal in terms of how they're going to go about business here. I think the biggest thing the Jazz want right now is I think that they want to rebuild. But they see the 2023 draft with Victor Wendanyama, uh, Scoot Henderson. You, you look at that draft. It feels like there are multiple quote-unquote franchise-type talents in that draft. So I think the Jazz are all in on trying to essentially tank this season, get as high up in that draft as possible, and kind of jumpstart a rebuild that way with one of the better drafts, at least that we see on paper upcoming. So I am of the opinion that Danny Ainge is going to hold out for as many first round slash uh, pick swaps as he can get from New York. The players and the salary that has to be exchanged obviously are conversations. So you're probably going to have to mix in an Obi Toppin. Uh, I think the the Jazz very much are a big fan of Quentin Grimes if they can get him. I know that he, uh, Knicks fans are really really high on his potential as they should be. But I think the bigger thing that the Jazz are looking for is they want to get as many assets, draft assets as possible, first-round picks, pick swaps, and the like, so that Danny Ainge, when he feels like he needs to make a move up that draft board to get the talent he wants, he has the ammunition behind him. The Jazz have not had that for the better part of three or four years at this point. So he's going to hold out, I feel like, until he gets the amount of picks and draft assets he feels like a requisite. I feel like that's, I feel like that's, that's about right because when you look at just you trade Rudy Gobert. You even look at the players that they got, right? It did, 
I mean, you got a lot of bench players, Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly. You have, uh, who uh, you got so many guys that you got on that team. Uh, how do you feel feel, feel about that go bear trade? Are you, are you like satisfied? Do you feel like you killed it and you you uh, Minnesota, like kind of Alex alluded to? I think Danny Ainge did exactly what did 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 Brooklyn all those years ago with Austin. He he fleeced Minnesota pretty hard because I I love Rudy Gobert. Rudy would have been nothing if not content to be a Jazz man his entire career, but he also understands that the Jazz are trying to jumpstart a rebuild here. And the return they got in that trade, I think you it's about as good as you probably could have hoped for for a guy who is thirty years old. Like you're you you made out. I think it was great. Yeah, and you got you, you traded for a center. It's yeah. not like you traded for like this dynamic wing or guard. No. You you traded for uh one of the best rim protecting centers who yeah. is limited offensively, great defensively, and has been run off the floor in playoffs. Mm-hmm. The fact that you got that many picks, like yeah, the players. I mean, sure, you got this year's draft pick. I forget the name of the kid that the Walker that's on Kessler. the Wolves. Yeah, Walker. Yeah, Kessler. you got you got you got Walker Kessler in return. So so you could say you got five first rounders, right? Yeah, but. Great deal for the Jazz in that aspect, which is why this is taking a lot longer because as we all alluded to, this is, we're talking about some, we're talking about some guys who've been around for a minute, whether it's Leon Rose being an agent, whether it's Pat Riley out there who's done the whole spiel and Danny Ainge who's, you know, it's Trader Danny, man. We just know, we just know what he does. So what getting back to game back to it though. Right. So Trader for you, you, you're talking about Quentin Grimes being one of those things. I can understand like the picks because. With the return of the players that you got, you're not really competing for anything. You're trying to look ahead. Yeah. You're looking for like, you're looking for all those picks that you're going to be like, all right, we can start to move off some of these guys, you know, unlike, but unlike the Minnesota Timberwolves, Knicks do have some young players. So yeah. I can also see why, you know, they're interested in Quentin Grimes. They're interested in Emmanuel quickly or somebody like that. So let's stick with, let's actually go with the players first because the picks okay. could come later between. Grimes quickly top in and those, and, and I'll throw, I'll, I'll like Cam, in, I'll throw Cam in there, not okay. McBride because we haven't really seen much of McBride. Between those four guys, who is the most intriguing player that the Jazz want? That you would, that you, if you were the Jazz front office, who do you want? Uh, based on everything I've heard slash read, Quentin Grimes appears to be the guy the Jazz are most intrigued by. I think they probably saw something in that, in the draft process when he was coming out that they're like, Hey, this is a kid to keep an eye on. So I think he is probably priority one for them amongst that group. But I don't think Emmanuel quickly is a bad guy. If you want to get him, I think the Obi Toppin one is one the Jazz. I'd be intrigued by. Why well, did you put Obi in the group? Sorry, I don't know if I. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did. I think Obi would be interesting, especially considering right now the Jazz have like a Darth of uh, big men like an Obi. They have. Walker Kessler, they have some centers, but they don't really have a forward type that it can kind of fill that four spot or be that, that quote unquote small ball five. I know Obi's much bigger than your typical small ball five, but he strikes me as kind of that uh, intriguing forward type that I think the Jazz would have some interest in, in terms of matching up salary. But if you want, if you want priority one, I think it's, it's Grimes. And as a fan, who would you want? Ooh, man. I, I, <laughs> Good question. Okay. I'm, I'm a guy, I, I like what Quentin Grimes brings, but if, if I'm going to go out there and you're going to give me a proven player that I can help build around, I know you didn't add him in the list, but RJ Barrett's the guy for me. I, I, oh, God, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we all know, well, we all know. I mean, sure. As a fan, every, I get why yeah. fans will want RJ. Sure. Because he's shown a lot of upside. Uh-huh. But like in this, 
out of the guys I listed, out yeah. of the guys I listed, because the Jazz has been reported, yeah. they don't want to pay anybody, right? They're trying to keep yeah. those books white, clean for everything you, that's moving forward. And if they're going to do that, I'd okay. If you, the scenario you laid out, they want to keep things like where they can essentially dump salary cut bait whenever they need to to make moves. I'd actually probably say Obi Toppin's the guy for me then in that group. I, wow. Grimes is going to be a little longer in terms of a, a guy who's going to be on contract a little bit longer. Fantastic talent. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to have the versatility and just having the roster flexibility in that scenario that you just laid out, I'd probably opt for Obi Toppin. Okay. Here's the thing, here's the thing Mr. Ainge slash Jake here. <laughs> like, we understand that you fleeced Minnesota, but. You asked, you, you can't, like we went over, you didn't really get any players, right? You went with the draft picks and that sounds good. Yeah. But the tables have kind of turned, right? Because when you, when Danny Ainge was the leader of the Celtics and he had all those Nets picks, mm-hmm. we called him Mr. Ainge. Uh, what, what was the term? That, uh, there was a funny, you know, term to describe how he would get close to making a deal, but he would never oh, pull the trigger. I- Almost, Danny. Almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah. Danny. Almost. Right. And that was because he complained that yes, he had the embarrassment of riches, and so everybody wanted those riches. And honestly, the tables have really turned here. Where now, all of a sudden, he wants all of the Knicks picks, plus he wants our players. Right. I mean, you didn't get that for you know Gobert. I understand Mitchell. Mitchell is going to demand more, and so that's kind of where we're hitting. You know, we're in between this rock and a hard space because I. I 100% understand why you want Quentin Grimes. Like, Quentin Grimes, low-key guy, to me, he reminds me a lot of Allen Houston, right? I know maybe that's a bit of a stretch at this point of his career, but he's got the defense going on. He's got the pure shot. He could fit, honestly, with anyone. He could fit with rookies. He could fit on a, on a veteran team. So he's perfect for, for Utah, and he's low-key. For me, that's perfect. Well, my question to you is, what's more valuable? Like, do you want... OB and IQ who you don't, you just mentioned that you don't want, I mean, you don't even want RJ because you don't want money on your books. So when, you know, you're going to have to pay them in one or two years, right? Are you confident that these boys are going to want to stay in Utah or are you going to, are you going to go for the draft picks? Cause you can't have both. I understand we have four protected first picks that all of a sudden, you know, people, Count as really high, but you know, a couple of weeks ago we were absolute morons for getting, and now you know everybody wants Nick's unprotected picks, which I understand why we probably as a franchise have you know the war, you know the the best value out of our draft picks, but you got to pick one, man. Like, what, what what direction do you want? I, I am of the opinion that if I'm Danny Ainge, I want the picks because I, I think that you're, you're right. During his time in Boston, we heard all the time that Boston nearly pulled the trigger on X, Y, and Z trades. And yeah, it was never ultimately came to fruition. It's like, okay, Danny, you're going to make a move at any point here? Like what, what's going on? But he, and that's the reputation he brings to Utah. And that's going to be interesting to see how he goes about this. But if I, if I'm speaking for as if I'm Danny, I'm opting for those draft picks because he's a guy. Look at what he did in this most recent rebuild with Boston. The, uh, the, the, the three guys that have been kind of the bedrock of that Boston team were the third, sixth and sixth picks, if I'm not mistaken. And he understands the value of drafting high up in the draft. And if he can get up there using the assets at his disposal, I think he'll collect as many as possible to make sure that's a possibility for him moving forward. I, I, the biggest thing I think for Danny right now in Utah is that Ryan Smith, the owner, 
trust him implicitly. He can essentially do no wrong in Ryan's eyes. And yeah, he can wear he can wear Boston Celtics hats in the playoffs, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And trust me, that that became an issue amongst Jazz fans. Like, why is he wearing Boston gear? Well, he's he's in Boston. He just barely <laughs> left that job. Let's can we? Yeah, but regardless, he has got he. I think he has got a goal here is to essentially build what he did in Boston. Like, I just recreate what he did in Boston and do it in Utah. But the bigger question to your point is. If you bring some of these guys over, who's to say they're going to want to stick around in Utah? So that's what also another thing that makes me think they want to stick with the draft picks. Guys who come to Utah a lot of time really enjoy their time here. And he's, I think, of the opinion that, okay, if I draft these guys, they don't know anything different than Salt Lake City and the Utah market playing for the Jazz. There may be more apt to stick around a little bit. So I think that may be part of the equation here is him saying, you know what? If we want to keep guys long-term, we're going to have to build through the draft. Now, as a fan, what would you want? Because I feel like as fans, like we also want to see a good competitive team. We just don't want to see draft picks come in, and we want we don't want to see losing, right? I mean, if you're covering Knicks, them in the morning, Jake, can you imagine what those mornings are going to look like if you're not winning? If you go on like six-game losing streaks, eight-game losing streaks? It's going to be, we've already, we've already discussed this on our, on the radio side. Cause it's, it's going to be a little bit of a slog here because truthfully, the Jazz have never really completely just torn a franchise down to the ground and like really just yeah. gone to the studs and built it back up. And that's what Danny appears to, poised to do. Jazz fans have been really lucky for 40 plus years in this market to watch a consistent winning program by and large. There's been very few times that they have gone to the near the top of the draft. They traditionally have kind of sat in that middle ground, winning 40 to 50, and in some cases a 60 win season, those finals years in the late 90s. There's been a consistent winner here in Salt Lake City. And actually, I, as a Jazz fan, to think of the Jazz maybe next year winning 20 to 25 games is it, it it's hard to swallow. Welcome, welcome, Jake. <laughs> Trust me, I, I know. And I, I'm sitting here like, oh man, because there's part of me that's the fan. Trust me, I, I grew up here in Utah. The Jazz have been part of my my life, my entire life here. But at the same time, I now work in the media, working for the flagship of the Utah Jazz radio wise. So there are two sides of me that are torn, like. Okay, do I trust what Danny Ainge did in Boston? Can he recreate that here? If so, yeah, it could be two to three years before the Jazz are back to winning at a consistent clip. But those two to three years are going to be oof, not not fun to watch. Let's just put it that way. Look, man, we saw two 17-win seasons. We know how bad it can get around these parts. So that, 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 strap up, baby. Strap up. Get your seatbelts. Get ready. It's, it's going to be a long slog, all right? Jeez. Oh, I, I'm I'm not sure that jazz fans are fully uh, comfortable with that idea, but if they, and let's just say, but it's like, we're all anticipating a Donovan Mitchell trade. If Donovan Mitchell is traded, you've moved your two all-stars, your perennial all-stars on this roster. That means that Mike Conley's probably on his way out. Boyan Bogdanovich yeah. is probably on his way out. Jordan Clarkson, yeah. for all we know, could be on his way out. And you could just be completely devoid of the team that was a consistent winner for the last three to four to five years. That team is dead and gone, and and you've hit full reset. Uh, DJ, one of the guys I work with, he's talking about this being like, okay, you knocked down the house, you tore up the foundation, and you're starting from literally ground zero is what it could be here for the Jazz. And man, I, <laughs> and, and look, that's why none of these that's why none of these role players have been moved because if Danny Ainge starts moving those guys first before yeah. Donovan Mitchell. That pr- that price already started. That's that price drops even it, further. So exactly. we're wait, we're just waiting on the Donovan Mitchell trade at this point. So. It's the draft picks. We get it. And it makes sense, right? I mean, 
I look at you talk about how hard it is for guys to move out of Utah when you come to the NBA and that's all you know. I remember those Boston Celtics trying to get Goran Hayward days. Those yeah. were questionable. Those were, that was like that was tough. That was a long drawn out free agency between uh, Celtics, Utah trying to get Goran Hayward. So it makes sense. Danny Ainge was on that side too, where he got uh, Gordon Hayward for for Brad Stevens. So he knows he probably remembers that. Like, hmm, I probably do need to keep guys here. So the draft picks definitely make sense in this case. And having a lot of them, being able to move up in the draft yeah. makes a lot of sense too. So then we get it. So it's the draft picks. You're gonna want some young guys too that you could just like that. You're gonna need yeah. at least one one quality young guy, you know? Because like for. Yeah, well, let me just interject there. That's why a guy like Grimes is an interesting prospect for the Jazz because he could come in and, and be the uh, – I use this OKC example. He could be the Shea Gilgis Alexander for the Utah Jazz where, okay, we need you to shoot 30 times a game. Go out there and do it. Like It gives him that that platform to really go out and just – I'd be very I'd be very upset yeah. if that's what happened. It hurts so I, much. Don't please don't say like, that. <laughs> like, even those words hurt. Like, we love Quentin Grimes. I mean yeah. – You have no idea. Like, and I, And the thing is, like – I like Grimes a lot. I feel like he's the one that's got to go, and I don't really want him to go between the guys. Or, like he's not my top guy to, to to go, but I just know what he could offer. Like he just fits on every. You could put him on any team, and he just fits. And well, that's and that, the thing. It's like it's, yeah. it's hard to get guys like that who you just put on any team and they fit. Yeah, and that that that's that's a unique trait in this in this era of the NBA is the ability to be versatile and, and like you said, to fit into almost any lineup, no matter what he's asked to do he can do it he's got that well-rounded skill set and i think that's what the jazz see in him is like okay you're going to come in here and if, if they, let's just say hypothetically this does go down and he's kind of the centerpiece player wise that they bring in i could see them sitting down with him and will hardy the new coach for the jazz and essentially saying okay quentin you're part of our future plans it's going to suck here for the next two to three years you're going to lose a lot but you're part of our bedrock of what we're building here and it can be it can be an interesting sell for certain guys, but I think his skill set that's why the Jazz are probably so high on bringing him in potentially. For sure, I mean, I look at somebody like no, I just look at someone like quickly, right? And it's like, I mean, quickly's a spark off the bench. Um, he's not truly defined as a point guard yet. He could be, but it takes time to develop point guards. You know, you got one Mike Connolly, even though he wasn't with the Utah Jazz, it took time for him. When he was in Memphis, you got Kyle Lowry. When he was down with Houston, Memphis as well, it took time for him to find his way. I don't think the Jazz are ready to go with that route to start looking for the point guard and developing a point guard, especially if you don't have the pieces around it to make the point guard look good. So that's why also, like, for quickly, that whole aspect, mm -hmm. I don't think he's that high on the totem pole, although I could see it too, but I don't think he is. I like what you said about Obi Toppin. That's why I think it's, like, Grimes, Toppin, quickly in that order Probably. Uh, of, like, and of players. And the funny thing about a guy like IQ is he could be a, a, a Jordan Clarkson type, at least early on, if he were to come to Utah. Like you make him that sixth man. Like you're going to come off the bench. You're going to score in bunches. That's your goal here. While at the same time, they work on developing him into a point guard along the way. So there's intrigue with each of these guys. But I really do think the focus for the Jazz right now is just getting that draft capital, get as many picks as they possibly can muster out of if it's Leon Rose with the Knicks. I don't know who else might enter the mix because honestly, that's the other thing about this. Who else does New York really have to compete with in terms of assets? Nobody. Like the, New York is one of a kind with how many things they could trade or potentially could give up in a type of deal like this. Uh, as of now, Jake, uh, I, I, I don't want to be a pessimist uh, at this exact moment, 
But there are teams that could get first-round picks. You know, like the Raptors could kind of maneuver a little bit. I still think Miami could maneuver. I know, you know, Pat Riley, I mean, this look back here. Like, I don't know. There's something about him that it's just like, I don't trust him, right? I don't trust well, him when it comes to the Knicks. Yeah. I don't trust him when it comes to, but here's like, he also has beef with Ainge. So uh-huh. it's not like they're buddy, say, buddy. There, there's, there's already, there's already, uh, the fact that Danny's like having to consider working with Pat Riley. <laughs> um, I'm, there's part of it's like, I, I, ooh, I don't know if I can, I know, I don't know if I can handle that. But anyways, continue. <laughs> no, uh, that's fine. But I, I want to put on my, I won't say Leon Rose cat. Uh, well, my Leon Rose kids shoes, right? Because that, that, that's that's what it, that's what he's known for yeah. around our parts. And I'm, if I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to Danny Ainge, I'm bringing up a couple of things, right? Yes, Obi Toppin and IQ, they're amazing basketball players, right? We see what happens when they get real time. Uh, I, I would argue that IQ is more than more than Clarkson, and actually closer to Donovan Mitchell. The problem when he was on the Knicks, was we're asking him to be a point guard, right? Mm-hmm. When we asked him to be a shooting guard, he was really acting like Donovan Mitchell, right? When he had the opportunity, like whatever, 20 minutes a game. Yeah. And I think when he goes to Utah, he'd be asked to just be Donovan Mitchell, right? In this case. But, you know, Jake, you mentioned it. These guys, you could sell it to Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, he, you know, I, I could see him being low-key shooting guard. He could, you know, 3 and D. And you'll almost guarantee him, like, wink, wink, we're going to pay you. You yeah. know, if you chill out here, you continue to get better, you know, don't get injured, right? He had that little mini knee thing. But we'll yeah. just move on here. But if I'm talking to you about OB and IQ, I'm going to sell you that it's a waste for you. Because okay. if you're going to tell IQ and OB, hey, come to Salt Lake, you're going to get your, you know, the, the 35 minutes that you guys have been begging for, right? So you'll be happy there. Your stats are going to be unbelievable, Right. You're going to get paid. So, yeah. you know, you'll you'll be happy about that. But they're not going to resign in Utah, man. They're going to lose for three years. Like they already lost with the Knicks. right? Like they didn't win with the Knicks. And now they're going to lose. With, that's like Obi Toppin's going to be 30 by the time by the time he has a winning season. I, it's just a tough sell. So if, if I'm Rose, I, I'm I'm going to kind of undersell those two. I'm going to say they're, they're just not right for your program. Like take take my take my unprotected picks because. Yeah. The Knicks stink, right? And and we ha- we have high picks, right? And yeah. then on the other side, you don't want players that you're going to take and then lose before you even draft half of the you know assets that you got. I mean, I'm right. not stupid, right? I'm Leon Rose. I'm not dumb. The only we just talked about how Danny Ainge, you know, likes to put stuff out, and then we say, oh, almost Ainge. The Go Bear trade, nobody heard a thing about. Yeah. Right. So we know that the fact that this Donovan Mitchell thing is here out every day and we have like a stupid rumor coming out every day. We know you're playing it through the media. Like we got it. We're, we're all playing the same game. If you really wanted to make the trade, you would do the go bear thing. Sure. So from my perspective, I'm wondering, like, what, what would happen if we gave you like the Grimes, Cam, which is like another first round pick, right? Fournier to match, McBride, a point guard. And then we gave you the four protected picks that, of course, you, you know, you're going to pretend you don't care about, but we gave you four protected picks. You know, we'll give you an unprotected Knicks, you know, not even like zero protections on it. Uh, you know, our next one, maybe we'll give you like a top three or four protected. The next one, uh, I, I, none of us want to go into the third Knicks pick, right? Because then that limits us not only as a franchise, but as a trade partner. Like now we can't trade anymore. And that's due to the Knicks, right? They made that whole scenario for us. So we don't want to, you know, trigger it. 
Mm-hmm. So like, what would you say to like seven picks or, you know, five, you know, six or six picks yeah. four of them not being ours two RRs. You got your books cleared. And honestly, if you really, really want to take me to the wall, maybe we'll call the Lakers. You can get rid of some contracts on your side, you know, contracts that you don't want. Like, no, who's going to take Bogey? You know, who's going to take Clarkson, Rudy Gay? All these players will, you know, maybe absorb the Russell Westbrook. You know, everyone will be happy. Maybe you'll get a pick from the Lakers. Like, what does that sound like to you? Because, again, you, you're in touch with the Jazz. Like, you know what it is to be a winning franchise. You're the best point guard, you know, you know, almost of all time, you know, arguably on your team. You, you probably won a, won a couple championships except for that guy 23 who we don't like either. I mean, what's your thought on kind of, I'm going to say the T word. I'm going to say tanking, like tanking, but with a purpose for the next four years before you're a real squad. So when the, when the first rumors of this started coming out, the, the, the jazz were considering blowing this up. I, I, for one was a guy who was like, man, I have a hard time really just embracing a full tank, uh, really just, just burning it all down and rebuilding. I, I had a hard time embracing that. But the more I've thought about it, I said, you know what? The Jazz have bumped into their ceiling multiple times. Think of the, Dar- the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer era in the mid-2000s. Ran into uh, Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol multiple times. Couldn't break through there. You mentioned number 23 himself. MJ <laughs> knocked the Jazz out two years in a row in the late 90s. This most recent iteration of the Jazz, well, guess what? They had the top overall seed in the Western Conference, got bounced in the second round by the Los Angeles Clippers. The Jazz hit their heads on the proverbial ceiling so many times that, man, I don't want to do a soft rebuild at this point. I, I'm actually more in line just, you know what? Let's tear it all down and see what happens. Why not? We haven't done that. The Jazz have not done that in 30-plus years. If Danny Ainge thinks he can pull this off, you got a new owner who's all in with this, let's go for it. I know it's going to cause a lot of Jazz fans some sleepless nights watching this team endure a five or a six or a seven game losing streak every so often with how you, how that's going to go. They're going to be Jazz fans are going to be upset. It's going to affect my radio show. The, the ratings, <laughs> all of that are all, all go into the calculus here. But the more it I might go up, it might go up, man. Nick's Twitter, Nick's, Nick's hey. stuff. When we're bad, People are mad and they're there. They're there, man. Exactly. And, and I'll, I'll give jazz fans one thing. They're like Knicks fans. They are as, they're as thick skinned as they possibly can be. And they, they love their team. So yeah, they will obviously still be cheering on and weighing in with their hot takes and all that stuff. But the only thing the jazz really haven't done at this point is really just tear it all down. Let, let's see what we can do. So the more I think about it, I'm actually more in line with this. Just blow it all up. Let's see what happens. Let's keep IQ and Obi, man. That's all we want. I mean, we, uh, grind is going to hurt. It's going to hurt all of our souls. But come on. Let's, well, and- we need, oh, IQ and Obi is, to be honest with you, it's going to be very bittersweet when Mitchell comes in here. Like, we're going to be excited, sure. But the fan base and honestly the morale mm-hmm. with, with, with getting rid of the bench for someone we could have drafted, for someone who's from, you know, White Plains. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's a tough look. I, I, I'm just curious if – from the Knicks side, that's really the holdup. Like, hey, man, I know. Just take another pick. Just, t- just take another pick. Yeah. Well, and that, well that, Elmsford, to be exact, not White Plains. Elmsford. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a neighboring town. Let's get it right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm sorry, Mister Westchester. But you, you, thank you, John. Your, your point is well taken there, though. That that that's the interesting part about this because there's been a debate out here as well. 
They already just brought in Jalen Brunson, who is a smaller guard for, for the Knicks. You also have the, the lineup for the Knicks. If if it does come down to Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson are your new backcourt, that is maybe the smallest starting backcourt in the entire NBA. You mix that with a Julius Randle, who I love Julius Randle. Let me be very clear about this. But he is undersized for the position that he plays. He's six foot nine, I think is what they list him at. So all of a sudden the Knicks lineup is actually quite small in a league that is expanding. You want guys that are seven foot and the Kevin Durant's that are, are just bionic arms. It feels like in so many ways, that's the debate out here right now is maybe that's the holdup for the Knicks. They're, they're trying to weigh, okay, we maybe have the smallest starting lineup in the NBA. Can we, how do we counteract that? There, there's been that debate out here on this side of maybe that's the holdup on the Knicks side of things. Cause you have a very good point there is, He's a guy that the Knicks could have drafted, speaking of Donovan Mitchell. He's a kid from New York City, went to Louisville. He still lives out there in the New York area during his off seasons. The kid is born and bred New York. The Mets, are, that works for the Mets. Like, There's so many things that go right for it, but at the same time, yeah, there is probably those, some of those questions. Are, is it, is it, is it going to make our lineup too small? Is it going to, is he the wrong guy to be with the pressure of Nick's fandom on top of him being a guy from New York? There are so many questions for that. And I, I'm, I'm, I fully agree with you, John, that that's probably something that Leon Rose is trying to weigh right now is the pros and cons of all of that. I think it's tough when you when you weigh all of that, but at the same time, if you're the Knicks, you got to make this move for a star, especially a kid who wants to be home, yeah. who, who you know he hangs out his summers there. You yeah. know, you talked about his dad works for the Mets. He was at a Brooklyn Cyclones game, bro. Like, <laughs> what? like you pitch. don't do that. The like, first pitch it was just at the game. But still, <laughs> like, if you're if you're an NBA star, like, are you just going to a Brooklyn Cyclones game? Like, sure, like his dad works for the Mets, but even his dad's probably like. He probably wouldn't even ask him that question. Ask him like, "Hey, son, you want to go without the first pitch for the Brooklyn Cyclones game?" Like, pops, I could be doing something real better right now than going out all the way to Brooklyn, going out to. He Coney. said that through his agent for sure, Alex. He said that through his agent. <laughs> well, and see, the funny thing about that is he's a guy that loves baseball, and there's a I don't know how many people know this story. We actually so uh, Joe Ingles now with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's been joining my radio show the entire time he's been in Utah weekly. Him and Donovan Mitchell actually, and this is just a funny anecdote. They actually have a bet still on the books that Joe Ingles is supposed to stand in a batter's box and have Donovan Mitchell throw 10 uh, pitch pitches at him. And all Joe has to do to win the bet is put one in play. That's it. And Joe's never played baseball his entire life. He's Australian. Wow. American baseball to him is about as foreign as I don't know what. But, <laughs> yeah. but he's like, I want to get in the batter's box and prove Donovan wrong. They've got a really good relationship. So, yeah, it's. Donovan's an every man's man. He loves sports. He, he shows up to every college football game out here in Utah. He's been to the Utah Utes games. He's been to BYU Cougars games. He's even been to Utah State games. Like the guy is everywhere and anywhere because he knows the public persona that he carries. And that's going to be an interesting thing. If he does move to New York, will he continue to carry on that type of like public persona? I expect that he would, but you, you, you guys, you work in the New York market. You know how much more intense it is. We have three daily newspapers here in Salt Lake. What is in New York? Is it 25 now? I don't know how many dailies you guys got out. I mean, there. Bet <laughs> I mean between, I mean, between the post, the daily news, yeah. uh, you know, you got the independent content creators yes. like Nick's Fan TV, Nick's Film School, the yeah. Strickland, right? Uh, KOT, like, jeez. Other but next, you got everybody, man, between, between just the publications. The radio shows, yeah. the you know, because you got ESPN New York out here too. You know, you got your you got you got the fan, you got everything. Like 
you're covered you're covered different out here but i think donovan mitchell would be ready for it i think sure when you would just look at his his he was just mature right he came into the league and i remember that uh was yeah the corver uh the Corver uh, discussion was the Corver like interview where he's just talking about he's never seen a yeah. guy like so mature and ready to take on such a challenge and and command a locker room right. I think that would still transfer over here, and that's a guy who would be ready to take on, um, ready to take on the New York market, man. So before we wrap before we wrap up the the, the Donovan Mitchell conversation, uh, so we, we we're in agreement, right? You get Evan Fournier, Quentin Grimes, <laughs> hey. uh, Deuce McBride, uh, and you get. <laughs> You know, five, six picks, right? <laughs> let me add, let me say one thing. Uh, if Rudy Gobert were still here, let's just say hypothetically he had not been traded yet, Evan Fournier would absolutely be a guy that Jazz would love to have because uh, Rudy and Evan are very, very close. There are Jazz fans, even with Rudy gone, who are all on board. If Evan Fournier, if they if they need to include him in the deal, I think Jazz fans would embrace that. I, I honestly think they would. Evan's a guy who's visited Utah, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of times to visit Rudy. Uh, he'd be an interesting addition for a rebuilding team. The, the question is for any of those guys, though. As you've mentioned, the Knicks, is, it, a lot of these guys have been around that franchise. They haven't won a lot. So how much longer are they willing to endure losing before winning? That they're All of them have to have that conversation around them. So, yeah, I'll take all the picks. If I can get – if you, you throw out the six picks, essentially the four that you've traded for, two from New York – I think Danny's going to opt for as many unprotected or probably like top three protected is probably yeah. the most protections he'd probably put on them. He wants as many unprotected as possible, but he also, I think at the same time, as many picks as he possibly can muster first round wise. I think that's what is going to be his, his favored uh, goal with this trade. I mean, ideally it's like, I don't care giving him one unprotected. Yeah. If, that, if, it, if it comes down to two unprotected, that's fine. Cause if you're getting Donovan Mitchell, you should be a playoff team anyway. It shouldn't be up that high. To begin with, Theory. So yeah, it's it's uh it, it's it's a fine deal for me for all those. So, Jake, thank you for helping us with with that. But we got one more thing for you. We got one more thing because when we had you on last time, we actually didn't have you on for for Nick's topics initially. That was that was just the afterthought uh, when <laughs> we were talking basketball. We actually had you on to discuss Zach Wilson because you covered the BYU sure. Cougars as uh as I as I know at the beginning of the pod. And now we got questions for you going into year two for Mister Zach Wilson. First one, does he have that dog in him? That's what we need. We need answers, bro. Does he have that dog in him? Um, well, uh, according to a certain freeway overpass here in Utah, it says mom's for Zach Wilson. So, you know, maybe he does. I, let's go. I, I'll send you guys that picture. It's actually really funny. It's about three, it's about 10 miles away from where I live. I saw a picture the other day. It made me chuckle. The whole thing with that Zach Wilson story, it, it, it's so funny because it involves one of his former best friends. These are guys that grew up playing AAU basketball together. And now essentially his buddy steps in, is dating his ex-girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend thinks she's going to, uh, roast him on Instagram ends up turning him into a, just an absolute legend with what she wrote. <laughs> Talk about the ultimate backfire in many ways for what Abby decided to put out there. It's so funny, man, because literally last time we had you on, we we're talking about Dax. We're mm-hmm. like, what do you think that you think the uh, judge should pick him up? <laughs> you think that'll be good for Zach? Like, thank God. Not, not, not anymore. No. <laughs> thank God none of that happened, man. And uh, I'm I'm glad that he's still a folk hero in BY yeah. in BYU land. I mean, oh, yeah. it could have gone south. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It it, it could have been. You know, he can't go home to BYU. It's getting to his head now with the New York media. We've seen this go south so many times. I'm sure 
Uh, you said her name. I don't really care what her name is because, you know, I'm Zach Wilson all the way through. <laughs> um, but she, you know, she tried to, you know, bring him down. I know his mom, you, you got us on to following his mom, you know, on social media and you were spot on, right? She is like Lisa, media yeah. queen. Yeah. Lisa Wilson, man. She is one of a kind. If you guys do not follow her on Instagram, you're going to get a lot of mom thoughts, like on terms of food storage and buying things for your family. But at the same time, she will spill the tea, as they say, every so often, because it, it, it's absolutely classic what Lisa will put out there. It's been great, honestly, from, you know, watching him. I mean, he had a tough year last year, but it looks like he's growing up, you know, mentally. But also, you know, like, you know, we don't have to watch him, you know, look at the iPad, you know, for six months. You know, we got it. You study but now physically, he's also maturing, right? Uh, our head coach calling him thick. I mean, Zach Wilson is all over these weird, uh, you know, these weird streets. But let me just ask you from, you know, you're the BYU guy. You followed this guy since, I don't know, maybe he was like 15, right? You know, you know about Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. I even called some of his high school games back in the day. It's been, it's been, I've been trying. That's, that's what I'm saying. And, and you, you were all over it. Like you were all over Zach Wilson when, when we tried to come at you with, you know, BYU competition. Of course, you know, you came right back at us, you know, full force. Yeah. You saw year one of the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw how we've recovered, honestly, with the offensive line, with the defense additions. Even, you know, we've added offensive weapons, tight ends, a running back, a wide receiver. Uh, what what do you think about Zach? Oh, you know, I won't ask you to project. I know that's difficult. Right? Who knows how the season is going to go? You know, it depends. But just how do you feel about Zach Wilson as a professional right now? Right. You're, you're one of his top guys. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Zach is I, I was intrigued by what he showed down the stretch last season because a lot of guys could he he could have started out really really good all of a sudden everybody's like holy cow we have the next Broadway Joe here in, in New York with the Jets but he struggled early on and I I remember reading some of the stuff from the New York media out there saying is this really the guy that's worth is he worth what the the Jets paid to get him and Jake Jake I was at that Patriots game man sure okay yeah yeah okay and, like. That, like two of those throws were tough, man. Yes. Two, like I, 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 they're burned in my brain, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> they were really bad. Like guess one got tipped. That was no problem. One of the four, yeah. but some of them were like underthrown. Some of them is like, dude, are you seeing ghosts? Like, is this, is this a repeat of Sam Darnold? I, I can't handle it. Well, and, and that, that's a legit concern. Uh, trust me, we're out here. I was watching. I'm like, Oh boy, is he, is he, is he getting in his head? But I thought down the stretch for the most part, he really started to come on strong. I, I thought he started to feel more comfortable. And I think it coincides with there was improvement on that offensive line. The team as a whole was still getting used to coach Sala. By the way, I'm a Niners guy. I, I love Robert Sala. I think the Jets made a fantastic hire in bringing him in. Let me just get that out of the way on, on the one side. The big floor too. You know, Growing yeah, up. yeah, exactly. Yeah, LaFleur, really, really good job, too. I think the biggest thing for Zach is they brought in a, a lot of talent and a lot of guys that I think are going to grow with him over the next couple of seasons, at least in this last draft. And they'll continue to do that under Joe Douglas's uh, leadership. I, I'm intrigued to see as he continues to kind of settle in here with New York, how he go, how he goes about things. I think the biggest thing, the biggest jump I've seen from Zach, he was always very a savvy media wise. He's always been a guy who is very good with the media. The biggest thing is I think he's realized when it comes to the New York media, he's got to be able to give something while at the same time protecting himself. And he's done a better job at that, giving them some information while also not revealing the entire, uh, 
the piece of that he's trying to, to talk about. He's gotten better at that game. And the other thing about it, you already talked about the fact his physical development, he was still pretty skinny coming out of BYU. He's probably still got to gain some weight, but he's looking a lot better than he did when he came out of the, came out of Provo. I'm, I'm excited for Zach Wilson this year too. I think he just needed one off season in the NFL to really like get his bearings going. Not saying he's going to be phenomenal this season. He's going to be at at where he needs to be. But, you know, John always said it last, that was the first season when we drafted Obi top and he's like, Obi just needs an off season. And then he was, John was like off off, for one second, for one hot second, John was off the rails for, uh, for Zach Wilson. I was like, John, Zach just needs an off season. And he was like, sometimes man, sometimes like when I'm going to these games, and it's just uh, like I'm so. Positive. I mean, John went out. John went out to London. Keep in mind, John went out to London to go watch like, them it's, play. Hey, it's hey. tough, man. It's tough. Like we're getting smacked in that first half. I'm sitting there like, what am I doing with my life, dude? <laughs> you know. And I, I can I can wholeheartedly understand that because you, Jets fans. They've, and I don't use the term lightly. They've played little brother to the Giants for so long. They've just wanted something to latch on to, to be successful or have something to say, Hey, we have one over here on the Giants. I'm of the opinion. I think Zach's the better quarterback of the two compared to Daniel Jones over there with the Giants, but I'm biased. I'm a guy who covered Zach in high school. The one thing I can say about Zach is every time he has been uh, moved into a starting position, whether it was the high school level at BYU as a true freshman, it took him a minute to get his bearings, but once he figures it out, he just, it, it, he doesn't, he doesn't backtrack. He doesn't go backwards from that. It's always progression from that point forward. You can look at that from his high school career, from his uh, BYU career. And I'm of the opinion, this is just, like I said, this might be Homer radio on my end, but I'm of the opinion that he is only going to get better as time goes on here with the Jets. Of course, we know that the pro ranks, you have to have, you have to have some skill development with the talent that's around you. You got to have luck in terms of the health around you. The ball's got to bounce the right way sometimes, but. I really, really Zach Wilson, man. I you will not find a bigger Zach Wilson stand than myself. Hey. All right, so are you going to come out? Are you going to come out to a Zach Wilson Jets game with us or what? I, I, I if you guys are inviting, I'll, I'll be out there. I'll get on a plane. I can fly from Salt Let's Lake. Let's go. No Let's do this thing. Let's go. Uh, Jets fans, though, I don't know, man. You say that Jets fans when they got on a QB bandwagon, it is a band. It is on the wagon, man. Sure. They are on the wagon. Well, I can remember the Chad Pennington wagon for the, for the Jets. I go back that far with watching. Oh Jets man, now you just hurt me. Now you just hurt I, my heart. Well, I'm just I'm just saying when 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 Jets fans fall in love with the guy, they he's our guy. Yeah, they they've they oh fall yeah, in he's love. our guy. Yeah, exactly. Even Sam Darnold, man. Yeah. Even Sam Darnold until the second we traded him for for good draft. Yeah. Picks, oh, you? I was, I was down. I was I'm about I was to say John, the the flip for John is is hilarious when it comes yeah, to Sam Darnold. I was Darnold. down with Sam Darnold, man. I even wanted both of them. Like no problem. You can. It stay. went from it went from it went from it made no sense trading Sam Darnold. We should keep him. Don't worry about drafting Zach Wilson. After we drafted Zach Wilson, uh-huh. trade Sam Darnold. Fuck Sam Darnold. Get him out of here. He sucks. He's ass. All right, he's gonna be out of the league. Man did a complete one eighty in no time. That's no where we time. are as a franchise. I mean, there's no, there's no denying. It. I'm also going to Green. I'm going to the Jets Green Bay game. Okay. So if, if you're gonna come out there see Zach Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers, hopefully it doesn't go like the preseason game. Which how was that? Which was an yeah. absolute massacre. Um, hopefully this one. Well, is a little bit better. And that's the thing about that. Zach's modeled his game after two quarterbacks based on what I understand. One's Aaron Rodgers, one's Tom Brady. Those are the two guys he kind of tried to emulate. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't emulate. We don't emulate that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> and I, know, I know Tom Brady has torn out the hearts of the AFC East forever and uh, for good. Dude, reason. We haven't beat the Patriots in 2004. Nobody, like, like when I say stuff like Hold that, on. it's been 04. 
Yeah, only except for the in doing the regular season. Besides the Sanchez playoff win, that was the only one. And also, since Joe Douglas, nah, been here, oh no, no, we won during the regular season with Fitzpatrick. The, the the heads and tails. Remember that one? We beat them. Oh now. right, overtime, overtime. I guess it, in regulation. Well, oh, I was I, I was gonna say I was like, okay, oh four. I would have been a junior in high school the last time they would have won where the, game the Pats. Holy you want to hear something else crazy, Jake? The yeah. since Joe Douglas has been with the New York Jets, we have not won a game in the AFC East. Forget the Patriots. Like includes the Dolphins, includes the Bills. Like we are, we are sitting low on the totem pole. So when we could latch onto all these draft picks, a finally a, a, a quarterback was really good. That's why we hang on. Like, okay, tell me Sam Darnold's been really good since high school. Okay, sounds good. Oh, right, tell me Zach Wilson's been really good since high school. Okay, cool. Like, come sure, I, and I totally get that. I, I'm a guy over here who's trying to convince myself that the Niners didn't make a massive mistake in taking Trey Lance. So. Uh, I, to- I totally get what you're saying. The biggest thing right now, I think for, for Jets fans is I know that it's, it's, it's so easy to go in on a guy who's in his second year and say, well, he, he, he's not, he's not worth it. He's following the same track record that Sam Darnold. I, I just want to caution people. Give Zach some space. I think he can pull it off, but it's going to take him, it's going to take some time because Joe Douglas, essentially did what Danny Ainge wants to do. He tore the Jets down and said, okay, we're going to rebuild this from the ground up. And it's going to take him some time. There are pieces there. I'm a big fan of Garrett Wilson, the, the wide receiver that the Jets brought in. I think he's going to be very, very good for the Jets, but he's only a rookie. Like, what's talk he? To talk to me about Garrett Wilson because I'm not, I'm not really uh, as excited about Garrett Wilson as I should be, maybe, as the whole world is. Like, what, do you, uh, this is random. Uh, you brought him up. I wasn't going. Do you really think that Garrett Wilson is going to be. Uh, productive in his first year. I mean, we saw Elijah Moore last year, amazing wide receiver in college, broke all the records. He did amazing for us, but, you know, it didn't really move the needle. Like, do you think Gary Wilson could move the needle for the Jets? I think he can. I, I think he's a good player. The, the biggest reason I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a good player for the Jets is because, uh, so I watched the Utah Utes playing the Rose Bowl this past year against Ohio State. Garrett Wilson did not play in that game, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, who uh, just absolutely torched the Utes in that game time after time after time, he's the number three guy for the, for the Buckeyes. So if he's that good and I watch that up close, I am of the opinion that Garrett Wilson, if, if he's like, He's got to be better than that. And I, I, Garrett Wilson's got more physical skills, I think, than Jackson Smith and Jigba. The one thing uh, Smith and Jigba's got is his, is his route running is impeccable. I just it, Him running routes was just – it was a treat to watch. The biggest thing I think for Garrett Wilson is he is, I think, a premier talent. Ohio State – and I – trust me, I can't stand Ohio State. I, I, they Join just, the club. They drive me nuts. Sorry, Ricey. But the, <laughs> one thing that Ohio State does is they bring in premier talent. And that's that's what I think Garrett Wilson is. So I, I may be up in the night saying that, but based on what I saw from a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, if this guy is supposed to be better than that, well, I, I, as a Jets fan, I'd be intrigued to see what he can show. So we're, we, we're good with Zach Wilson. We're good with Garrett Wilson. We're good with the Wilsons. All right. <laughs> but there's one question we got for you, okay. Mr. Jazz fan. One question for you. The yellow New Jerseys that the Jazz got. How do you feel about them? What's well, going on, Jake? What's what's with the yellow jerseys, man? What is that? Uh, Ryan Smith, the new owner, he wanted to create a new identity for the Jazz. But the, the, the thing oh, about he it, did all right. Oh, he, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not kidding. He's a guy who grew up in the era when the purple jerseys with with Stockton and Malone were going to the finals. So he, the purple part of it, he's all on board with. I think he, he has fallen in love with very simple color concept. If he, if you pay attention to the business he's, he's built, Qualtrics, 
They do very kind of minimalistic type stuff, uh, just straight colors, uh, straight lines, that type of stuff. The problem that the Jazz, I think, did with this is they went too basic. They went essentially practice jersey saying, okay, let's start there and then we'll we'll expand out from there. I guess in some ways, if the Jazz really are going to tear this thing down and blow it up, (laughs) nobody can be watching those jerseys because they ain't going to be on TV. And that, that, that is maybe the, the saving grace for that. But man, I I kept trying to think. Okay, these jerseys can't be as bad as they've been leaked to be. I I kept seeing those leaks. Oh no, they are. (laughs) Man, I gotta say, when they took the court, I'm like, maybe maybe they'll be okay when they hit the court in the summer league. They hit the court in the summer league. I'm like, nope, that ain't it. I'm out. I'm out, guys. So I'm I'm gonna say the purple ones are great because I'm a kid who watched those purple jerseys do great. The other stuff, the sunset though, I like the sunset one. The sunset one was fine. But that's the thing. That one's going out. They're not going to have that this year. That's what I don't get. Like, this, like even this, it was, that was taking it. Like, that was really cool. Utah, yeah. outdoors, whatever. Exactly. You got the mountains. You got the sunset. Now, now I don't know what you got. <laughs> you got a highlighter. <laughs> Black, white, highlighter, yellow, and purple. Let's go. Like, I, gross. That's I, tough. Absolutely I gross. Know. Gross stuff, but, man. Gross last thing, last thing. Last thing, Jake. And this is, this is really in your corner. Uh, yeah. Not really for us, but we're huge football fans here. Huge college guys, too. Yeah. Just give me some. Just, uh, how how does BYU? How does the Cougars look this year? Is there anyone we should be keeping an eye on? I mean, I know we're not looking for Zach Wilson out here, or we're not looking for Dax. Is there anyone in the middle here that we should be keeping our eye on uh, for BYU? And what do you think about this whole year? I mean, college is all weird, right? You got the Neil stuff, yeah. you got the Big Twelve. Like, what what are your thoughts on the on the Cougars, man? Locked on Cougars. Check it out on video now too. Yeah, absolutely. We're on YouTube. You can check that out. But the biggest thing is BYU is going to be pretty good this year. Like the 2020 BYU squad that Zach Wilson led to an 11 and one record. This year's squad is going to face a tougher schedule. They've got, I think, six power five teams on that schedule, but they could challenge for another 10 wins. They won, they won 10 games last year. Uh, Zach's backup, Jaron Hall is probably going to be in the NFL draft next year. He's probably not a first round guy, but he's probably a middle round guy that's probably going to get taken. Um, if you're a Jets fan who needs a left tackle, there's a guy at BYU I want you to watch. <laughs> Sensitive topic right now. I know. I know. Wow. I know. Mackay Beckton, I was a huge believer in that dude. I don't know what is going on with him. But should the Jets need a left tackle, it's a guy that Zach played with when he was a true freshman. His name is Blake Freeland. He oh. is he's an athletic marvel. He's all a six foot nine, three hundred pounds. He never played offensive line before getting the height, getting to college though. He played quarterback, tight end, defensive end. Uh, he is, he's an athlete, but the biggest thing is as an offensive lineman. He is absolutely phenomenal with his feet. Uh, he's probably a guy who's probably going to end up in the first or second round. Should he decide to go out next year? He'll only be a junior this year. So he could, he could stick around for another year if he wanted to, but keep an eye on him. Or if they need a guard, I've got a, a personal fan favorite. His name is Clark Barrington. Uh, he, Reminds me of just a guy who, who you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley, just an absolute <laughs> mauler at guard. He's a five-year starter for BYU. Think about that. Because of, because of the pandemic year, they all got free years to come back and play another year. He's going to have five years of starting experience underneath his belt once he leaves BYU. And he's, he's a preseason All-American. So they got some, they got some pieces. I think they could challenge for another 10 wins this year. It could be another fun year. You're telling me BYU right. has an O-line. I like that. I like that. If, if, I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask about the captainship. I'm not going to bring up PTSD about that. But you know we only draft captains here. So. Hey, I, I, I get I get that part of it. Uh, the funny thing is, so BYU's O-line, I just mentioned those two guys. They've got probably four along this offensive line this year. BYU probably are all NFL talents. They they got that. They got some dudes. So All right. We'll, all right. well there you got it. So there are a couple. 
If you're a college football fan, if you're if you're looking for your team for the upcoming draft, you got a little intel here from Mr. Jake Hatch. But Jake, thank you for coming on to the show and giving your insights on the Utah Jazz, Zach Wilson for all our Jets fans out there or football fans, and giving some college insight, especially to the BYU upcoming season. So please let our listeners know where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to check out all my work, I, my Twitter handle, Jacob C. Hatch is my handle. Uh, Locked on Cougars. It's a BYU specific show covering all things BYU every single day. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked on Cougars or it's on YouTube. Uh, just search out Locked on Cougars. It'll pop up. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Having fun talking BYU, but we expand it out every so often. We will talk about Zach Wilson and the Jets and we talk about former Cougars all around the NFL. So. It's a lot of fun, but hey. That's also Zach Wilson, right? Exactly. Yes, let's go. Yes, well done, sir. Well done. But guys, anytime you need me, reach out. I love joining your show. It's always a fun time. We, we, we really have do fun appreciate talking to you, you too, Jake. And thanks yeah, for accepting thank our so trade much. and leaving us with Obi and IQ. We appreciate that too. You're you're welcome. <laughs> we really we really appreciate it. So now you got it, Knicks fans. Now you know what the trade is. All right. Well. Thank you, Jay, for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. We always enjoy talking to you and chopping it up. So for everyone out there, please make sure to go give Jake and his show a follow. All right. He does some awesome work. Don't miss out. And for our listeners out there, you already know the drill. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't already done done so, you got to subscribe. All right. Please make sure to subscribe. It's easy. It's free. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on YouTube as well. You can go subscribe all over the place. And if you can't, in return, just go make sure to go find us on the Daily Knicks and the Jet Press and go with us on the interwebs. But make sure to subscribe. It's free. Helps us out. We get to put out more content if you guys help us out. So please make sure to do it. And go check out Winning Picks Weekly. Go make sure to su- subscribe to that podcast as well. You got John, Badoo, producer Greg, our guy and co-host Chip Murphy. Goes through, they go through every sport possible to give you their takes on where to place your money. And last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, thank you, Knicks fans. Thank you to Knicks Nation for tuning in. Jets fans here. Got some Zach Wilson yeah, stuff. And Jets fans. And, and, Jets and fans. yo, thank you to Ukraine. We, we're, we're, we're somehow moving up in the Ukraine sports line. Yo, shout out to you guys. I don't know who's there listening to the Knicks Jets, etc. But yo, shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to all the listeners, man. All right. That's another. That's the end of the Knicks episode. We out. Let's go, Knicks. Please keep Obi and IQ. <laughs>